0: Word. He will say you with his tongue, no way alive. He will say his tongue, no way alive. Book Eighteen The Decision. Chapter One My name is Examili Escort Istil. I don't know if my fellow Andalites will ever recognize that name. I guess some of the story I'm about to tell will appear in the scientific journals. I mean, the accident that occurred to me has certainly rewritten the science of zero space mass extrusion during morphing. But I doubt that my real name will be used. I doubt that the whole truth will be told. And I guess that's a good thing. You see, there are traitors among us. Yes. Traitors among our fellow Andalites. Andalites working for the Yerks. I am the only living Andalite witness to the Ascalon incident. Only I and my human friends, Prince Jake, Cassie, Tobias, Rachel, and Marco, know what truly happened aboard that ship on war-torn planet Lyra. And even though I know what happened, I will never know why it happened. I know it seems impossible even to conceive of Andalites as traitors. I know the very idea makes any decent Andalite sick inside. But I am telling the truth. The Ascalon incident happened. We were betrayed by one of our own. My name is Aximili Escorth Istil, brother of Alfinger Sironel Shamtul, and I swear by his memory that everything I say here is true. I am the only Andalite presently located on planet Earth. Don't bother looking Earth up on any of the databases. You won't find much information. The truth is, we lost a dome ship in orbit above this planet. The Yurks destroyed it. We lost my brother, Prince Alfangor, in that battle too. But before he died, Alfangor broke our law and gave the secret Andalite morphing power to five human youths. The Yurks are after this planet now. They are invading Earth in their usual style. The Yurk parasite slugs have an easy time entering human heads, wrapping themselves around human brains, enslaving humans as they did the Hork-Bajir and the Geds, as they hope someday to do to us. I live among these humans now, with the group of young humans who were given the morphing power by Althangor. They call themselves Animorphs. They resist the Yurk invasion of Earth. All alone, as far as we know. I live with humans. I respect them. But my hearts are still Andalite. No matter what anyone ever says about me, and about what happened on Lyra, I am true to my own people. And yet, there are times when I wonder, who are my own people? My race and species? My family? My friends? My allies My human friends insist on reducing my name to axe You see, humans communicate by making mouth sounds Most Andalites understand the concept of a mouth, I believe And although my full name is easily pronounced in Andalite Thoughtspeak It is somewhat long and complex for primitive human mouth sounds I am alone on this planet The only one of my species The only andalite among all the humans. So I have used the morphing technology to create a human morph. And sometimes, for two hours at a time, I become human and pass among humans as one of them. I am very good at passing for human, if I say so myself. I have learned the customs and habits perfectly, so that I seem entirely normal. That's how I am able to pass, even in the most human of places. For example, the mall, which is a place full of shops, most which sell artificial skin and artificial hooves, technically known as clothing and shoes. The mall also houses the most wonderful eating places. You see, in addition to making sounds with their mouths, humans use them to eat. They place foods into their mouth opening and grind the food with teeth while adding saliva. This involves a sense called taste. Taste is very, very powerful, oh yes. I was wearing artificial skin and artificial hooves like a human. I approached the counter of my very favorite eating place. Hello, I said, making mouth sounds with my human mouth. I will work for money. 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 I should explain. Money is a sort of abstract human concept. You give amounts of money to various people in society, and they in turn give you useful items. Do you want to order something? The human said to me. I require money so that I may exchange it for the delicious cinnamon buns, I explained. The human blinked his eyes. So you do want to order, or you don't? Obviously, this was a less intelligent human. I wish to perform labor. 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 And have you give me money. Then I will use that money to acquire delicious cinnamon buns. Bunza. I'll get the manager. Bunza, I said. I find the Z sound especially enjoyable. It tickles the mouth parts. Many sounds are amusing. The manager came, and I explained my request to her. Well, I can't give you a job, she said. I think you're underage, but I guess if you're hungry, I could have you clear some of those tables and give you some food. This was acceptable to me. Poor kid, she said to the other human as I turned away. A little off in the head, maybe. But a good looking boy I soon discovered what she meant by clearing tables In this part of the mall There are many tables Surrounded by eating places The tables were littered with delicious things On the first table I found thin, crisp, salty, greasy triangles Covered with a bright yellow secretion I ate them And they were very good On the next table were liquids I drank them One was hot, one was cold. Along with the liquids was a square of crumpled paper. Smeared inside the paper was a reddish semi-liquid product. I licked it. It was fine, but not wonderful. Then, at last, I saw what I wanted. Two large, steaming hot, glistening cinnamon buns. Two humans were sitting very near the cinnamon buns. They were going to eat my buns! I raced over as quickly as my wobbly human legs could go. I am clearing these tables, I cried. The humans looked at me. We haven't even eaten yet. Good, I said, relieved. I grabbed the two cinnamon buns and carried them away. Hey, hey, stop! I began to shove the first bun into my mouth. Oh, the joy! Oh, how can I ever explain to an Andalite who has never possessed the sense of taste? The sensation! It was a pleasure beyond any pleasure imaginable. The warmth, the dripping sweet goo of the cinnamon bun. What are you doing? The manager cried as she came running over. I am going the have, I said. It is very difficult to speak while eating. Just one of the many design flaws in humans. I am terribly sorry, the manager said to the humans who were trying to take my cinnamon buns. I'll get you two fresh buns. And you, she said, pointing one of her powerful yet stubby human fingers at me. Come with me. She pulled me away, causing me to drop a small portion of the bun from my mouth. She took me into the eating place and made me sit on a chair. This involves bending the two legs and resting the weight of the body on a raised platform by pressing the fatty pads at the top of the legs against the platform. It is hard to visualize unless you've seen it. Okay, now look, son. If you're that desperate for food, there's a tray of buns here that are just a bit stale. You can help yourself, you poor kid. She indicated a square array of cinnamon buns, perhaps a dozen in all. For me? I asked. "'in a voice choked with emotion. "'Sure, son, go ahead and have one. "'Let me make one final point here. "'Human muff-sound language is very fuzzy at times. "'Have one,' she'd said. "'One mouthful? "'One bun? "'One tray?' "'It was certainly not my fault "'if there was any confusion.' Chapter 2 So there I am, Marco said, cruising through the food court, minding my own business, thinking, hey, why not snag a taco, when I noticed the paramedics and the crowd all gathered around the Cinnabon. Marco is one of my human friends. He is shorter than some humans of his age. He has dark hair and dark eyes, and likes to make jokes. Jokes are humor. Humor is more common among humans than among endolites. I think they have to resort to humor. It helps them deal with the embarrassment of being so wobbly on their two ridiculous legs. And I swear, it was like this sudden, psychic feeling. I knew, I mean, I knew somehow the axeman was involved. So I go over and ask someone in the crowd what's happening, and she says, She? Rachel interrupted. Let me guess, some good looking girl who normally would never even talk to you? But you figured since there's a medical emergency that would be a good time to hit on her? Exactly, Marco said. Rachel is a female. She has gold hair and blue eyes. She is tall for her age. Anyway, she tells me some kid went crazy and ate an entire pan of cinnamon buns. Now, who I ask you all, who do we know who would eat an entire pan of cinnamon buns? Marco, Rachel, and the others, Prince Jake, Cassie, and Tobias, all looked at me and stretched their mouths horizontally to make grins. All except Tobias, who is a knothlet, a person trapped in morph. He is a hawk and has no lips. I felt I had to say something. I was not aware of the precise specifications for human stomachs, I explained. It seems there is some sort of limit on the quantity that may be consumed. Passing that limit caused an unpleasant sensation in the stomach area. It also caused me to become dizzy. The sugar rush of all time, Cassie said. Cassie is no taller than Marco. She has dark hair and eyes. Cassie is very interested in animals. By animals, humans mean all animals aside from themselves. I was out of my human morph and back in my own body. We were in the forest that begins at the edge of Cassie's farm. This is where I live. Tobias and me both. He eats mice, mostly in the morning. I leave the forest at night and go running across the fields, absorbing grass through my hooves. The way any sensible creature should. We were waiting in the woods for the arrival of a strange ally. Eric, the Chi. The Chi are a race of androids. They were created by a now dead race called Pemalites. The Chi and the last remaining Pemalites came to earth thousands of years ago. They were escaping the devastation of their homeworld. The Pemalites did not survive. Their principled, non-violent, but shockingly powerful androids did. Prince Jake looked at his watch. Humans are always lost in time. They are constantly certain that it is later or earlier than they thought. I have never known a human to say, Oh look, it's exactly what time I thought it was. Prince Jake said, I was about to mention that Eric was late, but I guess it's still earlier than I thought it was. You see what I mean? He's coming now, Tobias said. He can move very quietly when he wants to, but I can see him from up here. Hawks have excellent hearing and really extraordinary powers of sight. But still, they can only look in one direction at a time, just like humans. Eric approached, exactly on time, of course. He appears to be a normal human boy. But, of course, that is merely a very advanced holographic illusion. Beneath the hologram is an android of gray and white metals, somewhat resembling an earth dog walking on two legs. The Chi are incapable of violence. A prohibition against violence is written into their programming. Yet, with our help, Eric was once able to disable that programming. He saved our lives in a terrible battle But he chose then to surrender the power to do violence However, even though they cannot do battle The Chi have managed to infiltrate the Yurk organization on Earth And from time to time, Eric brings us useful information Hi everyone, Eric said Hey Eric, Marco said What's up? Eric shrugged exactly like any other young human of his apparent age. Not much. Just something strange. Something that doesn't make sense. At least not as far as we can see. Prince Jake nodded. He looked up at Tobias. Are we clear? Tobias dropped from the branch he was on, flopped his wings, and soared above the treetops, out of sight. Sorry, Prince Jake said to Eric. I want to be sure we're safe." Eric made an amused grin. Do you think I came alone? Three of my people are spread out around us, keep in watch. Tobias will never spot them, not even with his eyes. Oh? Wanna put some money on that? Prince Jake asked. Tobias flew back and landed on the same branch. He began to calmly preen his feathers. All clear! "'You didn't see anything at all?' Prince Jake asked, sounding disappointed. "'Well, I saw two chi projecting tree holograms, and another one trying to pass himself off as a rock, but nothing to worry about.' The humans and Eric all laughed. "'I know these woods,' Tobias said smugly. "'You think you can just park some big old holographic willow tree where it doesn't belong, and I won't notice? Please!' Eric did a sort of bow toward Tobias. Remind me never to underestimate you, Brother Hawk. Then, suddenly serious, he told us what he'd come to say. The second-ranking guy in the Secret Service, a man named Hewlett Aldershot third, is in a hospital in a coma. He was hit by a car while walking across the street. We don't know why he's here in this area, but we do know this. No one even knows he's in the hospital. His family doesn't know? Cassie said. No. No one. Not his family. Not his boss, Jane Carnegie. No one. The hospital is heavily infiltrated by Yerks. Half the staff are human controllers. His name isn't even in the hospital computers. And oh, by the way, the car that hit him? A minivan belonging to none other than our friend, Chapman. Prince Jake nodded. He is the leader of the Animorphs. I consider him to be my prince. As an artist, I require someone to be my prince. Well, well, Prince Jake said. I guess we'd better check it out. Hello, Phanomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs' auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel, and here we are new book exciting stuff (laughs) um i don't really have anything to put here today and i gotta be at a thing in a few minutes so let's just wrap this up real quick everyone thank you for listening if you use apple podcasts and you feel like leaving a rating and review by all means i'd sure would appreciate that if you have friends and you'd like to tell them about this i'd appreciate that as well go wild uh, if you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. You can also do that at my website, theapocalypse.com. That's the Apocalypse, like Apocalypse, but with a D. Uh, got stuff in the pipeline, I'll announce it later when it's uh, closer to coming out, but uh, stay stay on the lookout for that. Thank you all for listening. Uh, once again, I probably won't be recording one during American Thanksgiving, uh, that week, but, uh, I will see you... Yeah, I got one more week, right? So I'll see you next week. Maybe? I don't know. Time is meaningless to me. I will see you when I see you. It might be next week, it might be the week after, but I will definitely see you all again, so enjoy the rest of your time. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day, the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.